regular, go to the preacher's booth. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hallelujah. Happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you who are watching us on live stream as well as who are here in the building with us, if you can just go to a black screen, um, as well as those of you who are watching us in the building, we just want to say thank you for joining us on this morning. Thank you for joining us on this morning. Um, I woke up this morning with just uh, my heart feeling heavy. Uh, and the reason why is because many of you have heard in the news and, and on the um, and uh, just in the news of how a new variant has come out um, of, of COVID. And um, I'm just ever so mindful and so grateful of, of life. And um, then I started looking back over the last couple of years and those who started out with us during COVID, um, you don't see them here anymore, they're gone. Um, and uh, it's not to be morbid or anything like th that, but the fact of the matter is, is that there is, uh, there is a, a, a pandemic that is still going on. And I know we want to rush ourselves out of it, but we have to take the necessary precautions. And I told my husband, I, and, and I could be wrong because I'm not in the health field or anything, but I believe that we are going to go back down into a partial lockdown. Um, and so we have to prepare ourselves, prepare ourselves. I, I encourage vaccinations. Um, I do encourage it. Um, I had one uh, person that had came into my presence and they didn't have on a mask. And I asked them, I said, could you please put a mask on? Um, because, you know, for, for my own self, I still want to wear them. I still want to use them. Um, we are having in-person services, so we thank you for watching us, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook Live or Instagram or on our many outlets of being able to uh, watch us uh, through social media. We thank you for tuning in to us. We also ask that you would um, uh, share the video, partner with us and share it, be an evangelist on this morning and hit the share button, um, invite somebody, start a watch party. Um, and then go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel by looking at uh, info uh, Open Altar Worship Center. You can uh, find us th over there um, uh, on YouTube. But um, we have been in a series on this, this month, in the last uh, month, about Be Thankful. Be thankful. And let me just open up with prayer. Father, we just praise you. We thank you, God, for all that you are in our lives, all that you're doing, all, Father, that you are to us for just the blood being able to run through our body, um, for having a roof over our head, for everything, God. We are just truly thankful. I pray, God, that um, the word that I speak on this morning and that you have given the people to hear, that you would let it fall on good ground, God, and let it set free, let it deliver, let it encourage. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Um, as I said before, we are in our sermon series. And if you can put that slide up for me, please, Pastor Robert. Um, he's playing double duty with, for, well, with me and for me. Um, I want to say, uh, put the sermon series slide up, please. Um, I just thank Pastor Robert. He pitches in where he needs to pitch in. And 
and um, I'm just so thankful for him. He keeps me laughing, always joking, always joking. And that, how many of you know that laughter does the heart good? Laughter does the heart good. And so what we have been talking about, we've been t coming from First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 18, where it says in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Um, can I get that scripture up, please? In everything, give, stick with me, please. In everything, give thanks. It says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Um, be thankful in all circumstances. And then it gives us the reason why we should be thankful. It tells us why we should, why we should be thankful. It says, because this is the will for us. It's not for God, but it is the will of God for us that we, and, and those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, those who call uh, God their father, our daddy wants us to be thankful. It's the will of God for us. And because we are in his will, because we are doing things that's in his will, then that means that there's some benefits that come from us being in his will. And being thankful is part of his will. And so um, on last week, I started talking about the enemies of thankfulness, enemies of thankfulness. And I got through the first two. Um, and what did I say uh, in the very beginning of this sermon series is that being thankful means sh uh, showing gratitude. Um, you can take the scripture down now. Uh, being thankful uh, is showing gratitude towards uh, a, a person or a thing, uh, actually s asking and saying, I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for all that you have, uh, 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 all that you've been to me, uh, showing thankful. The, the opposite of being thankful or showing gratitude is being unthankful, is, is being un uh, 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 showing, uh, not showing gratitude, being ungrateful is the opposite of being thankful. And so when we started talking on last, started talking about the lepers, and you remember how I told you with leprosy um, of how the lepers, it attacked their nervous system. It, it attacked their body to where the point that they had to literally dismiss themselves from their community. At the moment, once they found out that they had leprosy, they had to go into a community of lepers. Um, they no longer could associate with their family, with their children, with the life that they knew it. They had built a business. They had, maybe some of them were prominent in the community. Maybe some of them um, were actually had livestock and, and was well to do. And then all of a sudden, one day, they find out that they have leprosy. And so when we picked up our story over in Luke 17, 11 through 19, we saw the point of where the lepers, Jesus was entering uh, into a town. And to the town, there was, there was uh, uh, 10 lepers. And they cried out in unison, you know, uh, 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 Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy. And then, then at that point, Jesus heard their prayer. He heard their cry. He heard them working in unison. And he said, go and show yourself to preach. And you remember on last week, I talked about of how uh, showing their themselves to the priest, the priest was the only one that, that could declare that they were clean and that they could enter back into society. Um, 
But one of them decided that they were going to turn back and tell God, thank you, tell Jesus, thank you. And it was at that point that Jesus told them, he said that your faith has made you whole, not going to show yourself to the priest, but I am declaring you as made whole right now. Why? Because he, th that one leper recognized that it was not the priest that had healed him. It was not the priest that had made them whole, but it was the fact that Jesus, the son of God, the, 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 the healer himself was in his presence and he didn't need any word further, but he wanted to come back and say thank you to the one that he knew where his blessing came from. And a lot of times, and I think I talked about this last week, of how sometimes we look for affirmation from other people versus looking for affirmation from God. And then I talked about the enemies of thankfulness. I talked about if we could just uh, get our mind into those lepers, just use our Holy Ghost imagination of the lepers. Think about it. Think about how they were. They uh, 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 One of the enemies that I talked about uh, for the enemy of, of thankfulness was worrying. Some of them may have ran off in their mind thinking, well, wait a minute. I know this man over here said that. I know Jesus said I was made whole. But on they left in such a hurry because they were so concerned about what the priest may say. They were worrying, okay, when I get to the priest, is the priest going to tell me that I'm whole? Is the priest? So they ran off in a hurry being concerned about what the priest was going to say. And their focus was in the wrong direction. Their focus was on man. Their focus was on earthly things rather than focus on the one that had who, who had actually healed them. Maybe they had been uh, 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 lepers for 10 and 20 and 30 years. Remember last week I talked about how that may have dealt with their psychological uh, makeup. It may have dealt with their emotions. They have may, may have felt helpless. Uh, Pastor Robert, even on last week, elaborated, and, we, and I talked about it a little bit, about how when you have leprosy, you lose your feeling. You can touch something that's hot, and it could be burning your hand, but because you have lost your feeling that you can't even feel that it's burning. You have no sensation. And I talked about on last week how some of us have lost our spiritual sensation. We've lost our ability to be, to even feel the presence of God. We've lost our ability to even tap into the things of God. We lost our ability for the passion for the things of God. Another enemy that I talked about on last week was being consumed with life. Maybe their thought process was, what is my, I, I got to get back to my wife. You know, I, I, want, I wonder what my wife is doing. I wonder how my children are doing. Maybe one, some of the lepers didn't turn back to say thank you because their thoughts was consumed with, oh, what, 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 what is going to happen? How is life for me? How is life going to be? How am I going to make it? After the priest tell me I can enter back into society. I talked about how when uh, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but let yet lose his soul. We can be so uh, uh, hard in trying to grind. And, and y'all know what grinding is. Well, I got to get it. I got to do this. I, 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 I got to do. I got to do. That we, we consume our life with so much stuff and so many people that it pushes. God right on out the way. 
It pushes out uh, our remembrance of everything that God is doing because we're so consumed with the next thing rather than learning to appreciate the right now thing. I need to say that again. We are so concerned about the next thing. We're so concerned about tomorrow. We're so concerned about uh, this person over there rather than being appreciative of them, of what God is doing in our life here and now. Being consumed with life can cause us to lose our thankfulness for what God is doing right now. And I said on last week that being thankful is a choice. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude that we must develop. It's a choice that we must uh, do. And remember I said be in, in everything. Everything. It doesn't matter whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's mediocre. The scripture says be thankful. In everything, in all things, give him thanks. Not thanking him for the thing, but thanking God that in this, I'm still standing. In this, God, in this stuff that I'm finding myself in, I can, I can still find joy in life. I can still, uh, you remember how I was saying I was just woke up one morning thanking God for a roof over my head. I'm not, um, I'm not out on the street, and I got an invitation this week um, or last week to um to actually uh be a part of a memorial service for those for the homeless people that have lost their lives in the city of Virginia Beach. Um and that's going to take place on uh, uh December the 5th I believe it is. But there are many people that have lost their lives in the city of Virginia Beach and when um I got asked the invitation I started thinking about that. I said God I have a roof over my head. I'm not having to find a cardboard box and live up under the underpass or something. People are like, well, you know, uh, 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 that's their choice. No, some of it is not their choice. And I was, I'm so grateful to be a part of that memorial service that's going to take place. But at the same sense, I'm like, God, I, I'm like, I'm thankful. I'm so, 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 so thankful that I have warm and, and see, we can lose sight of what we really have. We can lose sight of all that God has blessed us with. And so my third point on, on um, being thankful, and let's, uh, let's start with the third one. The third one is disappointment. Disappointment. Another enemy of thankfulness is disappointment. What is disappointment? Disappointment, it comes from unmet expectations. I expected this, but I got this. I expected this person over here to do this, but they did this. It's you, you're expecting something. And, and, and when we expect something, come on, just walk with me for a little bit. When we expect something, we literally have visualized in our mind. Am I right? You have a visual image of, of what, what that thing is going to be like, what that person is going to. You have a visual image 
of what that individual or that thing is going to be like. Y'all know what, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me a new car. And then you start visualizing what kind of car you want. You start visualizing what you want in the car. You start visualizing uh, yourself sitting in the car. You start visualizing all the places that you could go once you get the car. And then you get to the car dealership and the very car that you wanted, you can't afford. And then you're disappointed. Or the man says, we can only finance this much, but we can't finance. So you're, you have to, you're disappointed. We get disappointed when we expect for somebody to act a certain way or do. We start visualizing, wait a minute, no, they, you know, they're not going to be this way forever. And, and so when they, when they continue to be a certain way, we are disappointed. Y'all ever heard, somebody ever told you, I'm disappointed in you? I got told that a lot of times. I'm disappointed. You know, and, and Pastor Robert often uh, sometimes likened sometimes with, uh, and I just use this as a scenario, uh, if, 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 if someone makes you a promise and say, well, if you give this, if you do this, um, uh, and it's 10 people in the room, and they do exactly what the person has said, and then that one person comes back and says, well, you know what, God moved. I believe you, Pastor, that, you know, you promised that such and such was going to happen, and the rest of them in the room that didn't see anything happen, they tear up their ticket. And they're disappointed because they think that God could only bless one person instead of blessing ten. Y'all been there before? You know, it's like, oh, well, that word won't meant for me. Yes, it was. Your timing is not their timing. And your timing sure ain't God's timing. Disappointment, unmet expectations. We create a pleasing image in our brain, and that's what we want to see come forth. Let's look at Proverbs 16 and 9. Proverbs 16 and 9 deals with disappointment and helps us to deal with the enemy of disappointment. It says, we plan the way we want to live. And this is in the message translation. We plan the way we want to live, but it's who that makes us live it? It's God that makes us able to live. It's okay to plan. It's okay to get those images. But if it never works out, if it never comes to fruition, still give God thank you. Still, still tell God, I thank you, Father. Because maybe uh, uh, that, which you had, that which you thought was going to be good for you, God says, I know that if you get that job, you ain't going to come to church like you're supposed to. I know that if you get that client or if you get that business over there, I know that you're not going to give me the time. God, no. And we pray and we pray and we're like, God, you know, this is what I want. This is what I'm expecting. But then when it doesn't come through, we're we, we lose our thankfulness instead of saying, God, I thank you. I've had some situations in my life that, that uh, at the time that it was going through, I, I couldn't find a thank you. I couldn't find some hurt, some disappointment. and some, I could not muster up a thank you. Why? Because I could not understand and see what God was doing for me in the future. But then when I look back at those situations that were so painful, that was so disappointing to me, I say I missed an opportunity to tell God thank you. I look back and the very thing, that very disappointment that I experienced was for my making. 
The Bible says that all things work together for the good of them. Not some things, but everything that we go through works for the good of me because I love God. I'm going to make it personal. It's going to work for my good. So if I'm disappointed right now, that's okay. I'm still going to give God thank you. I'm still going to tell God I thank you. I'm still going to say, God, I thank you. We have to learn to say thank you even in the midst of disappointment. Can you think about how disappointed those lepers may have been? They were disappointed and saying, I, you know, I done been here all this long time. So now because, you know, my life is torn up, I'm just going to hurry up and go back to the priest and fail to tell the man that healed me thank you. Experience loss of pain, like I said before, sometimes we cannot understand the, 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 the gratitude and the gratefulness and the, the gravity of what we're, uh, 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 what we're going through and the good that it's going to produce in us. You know, I look back sometimes and some of the things that I've gone through has made me who I am today, has made me be more sensitive. I remember I used to, oh my gosh, I used to be one that, oh, I, I heard, I rushed everywhere I went. Every time you turn around, it was, uh, and to one of my, uh, my sister, not one of my sister, my sister told me one day, she said, everywhere, every time you go do something, every time you come down here, every, all you're doing is rushing. And I'm going to be, it was so bad that in the midst of a hurricane, I rushed down to North Carolina. I'm like, no, this ain't where I want to be. And then I rushed back in the middle of a hurricane. The winds were blowing. The wi I mean, seriously. And I look at how God kept me. How God kept me in the midst of that. I didn't understand it then, and I was disappointed because I, I should have stayed home. And I mean, I think about all the things that God has kept me through. And I look back on my life and, and things that, that uh, I, I went through, and I'm looking at me now, and I'm like, man, it's created some maturity in me. It's created some more grace in me. It's some created some more mercy in me. My tongue is not as sharp as it used to be. I used to have a sharp tongue. And I used to cuss, but thank God for deliverance. Thank God. I, I just one young lady told me, uh, uh, and I won't pass, I won't nobody. She said, you cuss like a sailor. Well, I said, I work with sailors. Why not cuss like them? But then when she told me, I was so disappointed in her. She reminded me of Claire Huxtable, you know. But when she told me, that thing stuck with me. And it upset me, and it disappointed me that she saw me that way. But it ended up making me be careful of my words. So we can plan our way in the way we want to live, but don't get so attached to the planning that we don't give God room to move, that we don't give God room to shift us at any given time. Let's look at Proverbs 15 and 22. Proverbs 15 and 22 says, Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. See, some of us, God is saying, look, you wouldn't be disappointed if you would have listened to me, if you wouldn't have pushed to override. But he said, refuse, the word says, when you refuse good advice, watch, and watch your plans fail. And then it says, take good counsel and watch them succeed. So in other words, 
when God, we can save ourselves from a lot of disappointment. If we would just check in with somebody every now and then, and I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about somebody you trust. There's a lot of times I'll run stuff by, well, a lot of, me and Pastor Robert run stuff by each other all the time, and Pastor Robert is good. Sometimes he won't say anything, and I'm like, oh, what do you think about it? Oh, that's good. But I ran it by him because I, I'm not looking for affirmation, but in my own mind, I can create a scenario and not look at all of the, the pieces of the puzzle. So it's good to run things by other people, people you trust, godly people. It, it doesn't say uh, 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 bad advice, but people who you know who you have seen being successful. And I was talking to somebody on this week. Why would I go to somebody who's who has a bad relationship and they're in and out of relationships and torn down and, and always looking raggedy? Um, why would I go to you for advice? Why would I go to you for, for marital advice? Why would I go to you for relationship advice? Why would I go to you? That's not, I'm not going to get good advice. Why would I go to somebody who doesn't know how to play the keyboard to learn how to play the keyboard? That's not good counsel. We'll hit that note right there. Well, what's that note? I don't know. And see, a lot of us are going to people and they just telling you what they feel or what they think. Sometimes their feelings get into it. So uh, uh, what am I saying? Disappointment. A lot of times we're going to the wrong individuals. We're seeking the wrong quote-unquote sign or the wrong quote-unquote to be affirmed. I, I told, I was talking to my sister, and I said, I'm at the point I ain't trying to please nobody. You know, it's like, I, I, I love you, but I'm not, and I shouldn't say it like that, not please anyone, but I'm at the point that I'm not going to let what you say or what you feel make me feel guilty. And see, a lot of us feel guilty and find ourselves being disappointed because we're so busy caught up on what somebody else has to say. And then we find ourselves in disappointed state. Disappointment will cause you to be unthankful. Lose pain, lose sense of touch. The Bible says that, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. And when you magnify God above your problems, you will find out that you will not be disappointed. God will take that disappointment and leave it away. Don't dwell in disappointment. Disappointment, what did I say? You created an expectation in your mind. It didn't come forward. Don't dwell there if it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. If your life is the way that it is, okay, fine. Let's move on. Let's make the best of what we got going forward. Amen. Number four, entitlement. Entitlement is another enemy of thankfulness. Entitlement. What do I mean by entitlement? And I'm just, I, I'd rather just read this to you. This society today has an entitlement culture. Whether you believe it or not, our culture today teaches us that we deserve to have certain things. I deserve this. I deserve what's given to me. I deserve to have a night. I got my, let me tell y'all something. Let me digress for a moment. Um, I work for an organization, and I'm their HR person. And um, I went to, you know, I went to 
one of these hiring people and I got their resume and I, I called this young man and I was offering him a job and I called him by his first name and he quickly corrected me. He said, it's Dr. Such and such. Listen to this. So I said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I just graduated and I earned the doctorate and I want people to call me doctor. I was like, well, excuse me, my God. And literally, that whole conversation was about him, how hard he worked, how he worked to get what he got, and he earned it, and how he needed to be called doctor. Then I said, well, I'm so sorry. And then he proceeded to, I said, well, I want to offer you a position here. Now, his degree hadn't even gotten, his doctoral degree hadn't even gotten wet yet. But he demanded that entitlement, I work for it, and you're going to call me, you're going to treat me like I, I'm a And so I said, well, I want to offer you a position. He says, well, I need to get back to you to see if it fits in my schedule. I said, well, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. He felt entitled. Now, you just getting out of school. You just graduated and got your piece of paper. But he felt entitled because he had worked hard. It is a strong uh, emotion. It is is like I, you. I owe. I owe you. I don't know you from Adam. I'm, I don't even know what you look like. I don't know how tall you are. I don't know where you live. I don't know any of that. All I'm doing is encountering you. He felt entitled. How many of us have felt entitled? I have gone through this and I earned the right. We we come on now. Sometimes I. I, you know, I done been through this and I ain't going through this no more. I, 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 done, I, done, be, I done experienced that and I'm not going to go through that experience. Entitlement. Entitlement. We, we feel like we have certain God-given rights, but yet we don't acknowledge that God is the one that gives us those rights. I deserve it my way. My, you know, well, I just want—I just believe it's got to be done this way. Well, that's a sense of entitlement. N nobody can't do it better than I can. That's a sense of entitlement. Entitlement. You feel like that you are supposed to be able to do that. There was a, a, a group in the Bible, um, a, a group of individuals in the Bible. They were called the Pharisees. The Pharisees felt like, oh, we are—we we the we the cream of the crop. We, we the best. We, we are just, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, and if you look in the Bible, it talks about that they deserve uh, public places of honor. They deserve to the best seat at the, at the dinner table. You know how it is when, oh, don't sit there. That's such and such seat. You know, and y'all, come on, y'all been there even in, uh, in churches, and I have to talk about us sometimes. You know, in churches, we got to have certain leaders got to have certain seats. We, we got we to gotta make sure that everybody know that we're the leader. We got to make sure that our seats are off to the corner. And, we, you know, uh, 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 I, I want to sit over here and stand out instead of mingling in. We feel like that we deserve a place of honor because I, I, I've, you know, I, 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 I've studied hard. I've been through some things, and God has called me. Well, everybody in here, everybody that walked through these doors, God has called. And they deserve just as much honor 
as the, the person that's standing here. They deserve more honor than me. I'm a servant to you guys. I'm a servant to you. You know, I'm here for you. Not y'all here for me. I'm here. The Bible says that, that if you desire to become uh, greatest, let you become the least of them all. You know, humble yourselves. So uh, 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 the Pharisees did not have a sense of humility. And the word Pharisee me literally means to be separated. So in other words, they lived up to their name. <laughs> we ain't like everybody else. And what I thought was, was very key about the Pharisees was the Pharisees were the middle class businessmen. You know that person that feel like, you know, I just shove a little money over here and I'm going to make them do what I do. Make them make do what I want them to do. Or I'm just going to be, you know, and I've seen it as being, being in pastoralship. You know, you get that one that want to rub up to you, always want to pass them. Let me, let me do this for you. Pass them, let me do. Because they want the inroad. And then th when, they, when they get close to you, they feel like, um, uh, um, well, I'm next to the path. And I've had this happen. Somebody said, well, uh, me and Pastor Wendy had a conversation. And it, I'm like, huh? That's why I stopped uh, taking phone calls sometimes. Because I don't want nobody to go back and say, well, I, uh, and they throw, you know, you ever heard somebody cast a name? You know, you cast a name. And, and, and cast a conversation, and in that other person's mind, well, wow, you know, they're close to the leader. And me and Pastor Robert, we, we, we served our leader well. We never took sense of entitlement, because even though we were right there with them, even though we served our leaders well, we did not take the high road and say, well, because, well, we right there. And people would come to us. And say, well, you know, I don't know you, 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 uh, you know, can, can you ask him such a, no, you go ask him yourself. That's what we would do. Entitlement, entitlement. So the Pharisees, they were middle class businessmen and they were leaders. And the thing with the Pharisees was they were able to control the decision making process among other people because why? Other people looked at them as greater than they were. But everybody had the same. They were on the same e playing even field. The way I feel is, is that if I open up a business meeting, if I, if I say, if I ask for your advice, or if I ask you for a comment, I don't, I'm not, I want you to be honest with me. Don't come and sugarcoat it because I'm the pastor. But look, at that particular point, we don't even feel. Now, I ain't going to let you talk junk to me. I ain't going to let you disrespect me. But I'm open to what you have to say. And so the Pharisees, because of their tradition, they felt that uh, 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 they were equal and what they said was equal to God's word. And so let's look at the Pharisees, the Pharisees. And I had to set the picture up about the Pharisees because I wanted to show you the sense of entitlement. Now, the, here they are uh, uh, in Matthew 23 and three, and they're having a discussion with. And. Jesus tells he says that you won't wrong in following uh, their teachings on Moses. And Jesus is telling them about the Pharisees. He says, but be careful following them. Be careful about following them. It's like, you know what? They, they are, they, they, they got, they're good in this area, but they're not good in this area. Don't follow them. He says, be careful. He says, they talk a good line, <laughs> but they don't live it. 
You can be entitled. You can be like haughty, but they don't live it. Don't they, it says take to their hearts and in their behavior. So in other words, uh, 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 the Pharisees, and it says it's all spit and polish and veneer. That's the message Bible. It's all spit, polish, and veneer. So when somebody comes with you or when you have a sense of entitlement, wait a minute now, you ain't living what the word says. The Bible says to humble yourselves, and God will exalt you in due time. Well, when is due time when due time is there? You know, never feel like that you are owed something. Let's look at Matthew 23, 6 and 7. Remember I told you I said that they love to sit at the head table at church dinners, basking in the moment, uh, the most prominent positions. And then Luke uh, 20, and 46, uh, 20 and 46 says, watch out for the religious scholar, religion scholars. They love to walk around in academic gowns preen in the radiance of public flattery, bask in prominent positions, sit at the head of the table at every church function. We have to make sure that we let Jesus be our role model. If we don't have a sense of entitlement to exalt ourselves above other people, instead of living as an I focus, it's a we focus. God, how would you have me? I'm focused on you. Jesus, I understand that you died for my sins. And the only reason why I have what I have, the only reason I, why I am what I am is because of you, is because of your grace, is because of your mercy. So we never should think of ourselves more highly than we ought. That's the word, y'all. Don't think of yourself. It's good to have a, 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 a view of yourself. But don't feel like somebody owe you something. Entitlement. Don't feel like somebody owes you something, like you deserve it. You do. We sung my hallelujah. What do we, my hallelujah belongs to you. Only hallelujah and only praise goes to God. It's good to praise. I, I praise uh, Pastor Robert all the time, but I don't worship him. And see, sometimes we worship where we are that we lose our thankfulness because we feel like that oh I'm entitled to the 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 lepers I done suffered all of this all this long time and I'm entitled to be healed I'm entitled to get healed and so therefore they lost their ability to come back and say thank you I was entitled I don't suffer this thing just like that young man that told me about his 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 doctoral degree good on you that's all I got to say. Good. I'm happy for you. Nice young man. Good. Go forth and do good things. Be well. Seriously. Last one is comparison. Let's look at, let's look at Luke 18 and 19. Eight, 18, nine, nine, 9 through 14. And it says, he told his next story to some who were complacently, uh, complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and look down their noses at the common people. This is the message Bible. And it says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. Remember what I said about the Pharisees? They thought they were good. And the other a tax man. Common old man. And the Pharisee posed and prayed and like this. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, crooks, adulterers. 
or heaven forbid, like this tax collector. You know what? You ever been around? <laughs> I just have to say it, a young person. I ain't going to name no name. You know when we were younger and we were just getting our hormones and whatever, and we didn't use, it was at that stage where you would use deodorant and not use deodorant? Come on, y'all be real with me. And then sometimes, you know, uh, uh, next thing you know, you go around your parent, your parent was like, wait a minute, hold on, you smell like onions. You need to go, <laughs> you need to go start using some deodorant. And wh I'm using that analogy to say sometimes people can smell that you stink instead of, and you can't even smell yourself. They can sense that you have a bad attitude long before you ever, you can't even see yourself. Can't, well, I just said this, I just said, but you were nasty with it. You were mean with it. You were surly with it. Well, I didn't say it like, I didn't, they did not know it, but the way that it came across, you didn't even know. Like the young lady was telling me and all the cursing I was doing, she saw me, but I couldn't see myself. And so the Pharisee was like, wait a minute, I ain't like all of these other people. I fast twice a week, I, and I tithe all my income. Look, all of that ain't even going to matter. I give everything to the church. Man, I'm the first one when pastors say they need some, some donations. I'm the first one to give a donation. I'm the first one to give my tithe. And it says, meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadow. Uh, uh, shadows his face in his hands not daring to look up and say God have mercy on me forgive me a sinner that person was sitting in the back of the room while everybody else is taking the glory while everybody else is bragging about what I have and what I can't you know y'all ever y'all been there before they're bragging 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 and so you start looking at what's in your hand and you you know you what I was gonna give I was gonna give five dollars and this person I'm gonna give a thousand dollars I don't know why I'm gonna give it but I'm gonna give a thousand dollars and all you have you don't work hard and you know you can only give ten so you kind of just slip it on back in your pocket because here it is, this person over here, and he ain't like, Lord, I'm, I, you know, God, I, I, my heart is broken because I want to give more. Listen to this. And it says, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, said, God, give mercy. Forgive me, a sinner. Forgive me. And then Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, not the Pharisee, went home and made, made right with God. Says, if you, if you're content, uh, hold on a second. Let me. I'm getting a little ahead. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. So the tax collector was comparing himself to the Pharisee, and it says, "No, I'm sorry." And the Pharisee was comparing himself to other people. And it could be that the tax collector was looking at the Pharisee. And it says, if you walk with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But listen to this. If you are content to be simply yourself, don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to do what anybody else is doing. And, and, and I saw a post on, on uh, somebody had tweeted out um, about social media. Social media only shows you what they want you to see. Whatever somebody wants, whatever somebody wants you to see, they're going to put it on social media. What they don't want you to see is what's behind the scenes.
I was in a uh, uh, in an establishment this week, and um, this young lady jumped off the Campostella Bridge. She left home and she told her mom, um, "Take care of my kids." And she went and she jumped off the Campostella Bridge. And 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 more and more, we're finding that people are committing suicide. More and more people are finding that, wait a minute, uh, uh, um, 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 I'm just broke down, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm de Why? Because of the simple fact we are letting social, we are comparing our life to what we see in other people's lives. We're comparing our life to, to what we see on social media. I told my sister, sister this week, for the church is good, but I'm sick of social media. I really am. Because it, per, it, it, it paints a false perception. And it's, it's doing more things to lure you in. Even now our young people are being lured in. Not just to social media, but to media in general. And so we're trying to compare ourselves to that which we see in the public. Instead of what did the word said? The word said to be content with simply yourself. Don't compare yourself with anybody. God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. He's made me, and I cannot be like you. When we compare ourselves to other people, our focus gets distorted. Instead of understanding, God, you didn't make me with long, long hair and flowing. Now, my sister, beautiful hair, hair will grow at a drop. But guess what? I keep mine short for a reason. Because when my hair grows, it gets thin. It don't grow thick. So guess what? But God, I thank you that I have some hair on my head, and I got a hairstylist that know how to do what she do with it and been doing it for many, many years, and I get many compliments. God, I thank you that I'm not having to put on a wig. I'm not, just, I'm not saying anything about anybody that got to put on a wig. But God, I thank you that this is my head. I, I'm just thankful. We have to keep our eyes in front of us and keep our eyes on God. Do like the tax collector. Humble ourselves before God and say, God, I want to see myself as you see me. I may not be like this person over here. I'm not going, I don't care what you're doing. I honestly, I don't, uh, even with churches nowadays, it's like, you know, uh, uh, because of the pandemic, you know, how many people are y'all, how many people do y'all have now? You know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting people back. We're, we're growing. It, okay, that's good. I'm not, I would love for it to happen here at Open Altar Worship Center. But I'd rather be in the will of God. I can walk around depressed. I can walk around upset. But I thank you, God, that you have given me what you've given me. You put me in the right place. And when we compare ourselves, we don't understand the blessings that God has for us, the gifting that God has placed inside of us. I think about it when I was uh, during the pandemic, thinking about shutting the church doors and saying, I'm just done. I, I, I throw in the towel. But every time God would make a way, God would, 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 would make a way for us to keep our doors open. As a matter of fact, we did better when, when in the midst of the pandemic than we did before the pandemic. And I look at now, we are able to touch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people's lives right now. So I'm thankful. 
I was getting together our uh, Toys for Tots list to, to be able to give out toys to the children. I looked and our list is 465 children we are going to be able to bless this year. I'm thankful for that. I don't, are they going to come into the church? I get people to ask me, uh, you know, are you seeing anybody coming into church? I don't care. I'm not trying to compare myself to numbers because God has the number. My God, God has the number. And so we have to understand that be thankful for what you are, who you are, what God has created you to be. The giftings, you may not be able to speak like me. You may not be able to sing, to play, to whatever, but look what's in your hand. God told Moses, look what's in your hand. Stretch out that rod that's in your hand. I say stretch out what's in your hand. Because the, the life and death is in the power of our tongue. And I was listening to somebody on this week. Why would God give us more things and we don't even know how to be thankful for what we have? Thankfulness attracts more. When we learn to be gra uh, grateful for what we have, it's going to attract more. It's going to attract people. You don't, you don't want to be around somebody that's negative. You don't want to be around somebody that's always saying, well, no, uh-uh. You want to be around people of faith. You want to be around somebody that say, come on, girl, you can do this. And so you're thankful. It's the same thing when we learn to open up our mouths and tell God thank you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. We can either be cursed by our tongue or we can be blessed by our tongue. And I'm going to close with this. Dr. Ammons talks about 10 ways to become more thankful. And he wrote this little thing. And just remember this. It's the word saw. S-A-W. S-A-W. Speaking, acting, writing. Speaking thankfully. Speaking with words of thanksgiving. Get God to change your, your, your vocabulary. Ask God to change your vocabulary. Act thankfully. We have to learn not only to speak it, but to act it. Our actions have to say that we're thankful. I'm the, 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 the one leper coming back, his actions showed that he was thankful. And the third one is to write thankfully. You can't think of things to be thankful for. Write daily in your life at the end of the day. Write things that uh, uh, happen throughout your day that you could be thankful for. Because if you write it down, it helps you to remember how to be thankful. We have to humble ourselves. And when we're thankful, we're saying, God, I humble myself before you. And I'm grateful for all that you've done in me, all that you've done in my life. Every one of my needs are met. And you even give me some of my wants. So being thankful on today. Be thankful. Don't allow for worry to stop you from being thankful. Don't allow for being consumed with life to stop you from being thankful. Don't allow discouragement to stop you from being thankful. Don't allow a sense of entitlement to stop you from being thankful. And lastly, 
Don't allow for comparison, comparing yourself to others to stop you from seeing the jewel that's right in your life and the jewel that you are. Be thankful on today. Be thankful. I challenge you on this week to write a list. I challenge you on today to write what God has done for you. Just simple things to be thankful. I can blink my eyes. God, I'm thankful. You know, we oftentimes look for the big thing, but the little things, the little things, the little things. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word on today. Help us, Father, to exercise and help us to develop an attitude of gratitude, of being thankful. Help us to speak thankfully, God. Learning how to speak out of our mouth positive and thankfulness. And everything in our life hasn't gone the way that we wanted it to. But God, teach us and help us to be thankful. Even in the hurt, God. Even in the disappointment. Help us, Father, to be thankful. And then help us not only for it to come out of our mouth, but let us begin to act in a, in, a, in a mean, in a way that's saying, God, we thank you. Not acting ungrateful. And then, Father, help us to keep into remembrance and to write those things down. Write things down that we have to be thankful for. So, God, we say thank you. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are going to be wrapping up this sermon series on next week. Pastor Robert is going to be coming with a, the, la- the closing part of Be Thankful. So tune in to us on next week. We love you. God bless you. If you would like to partner with this ministry, just uh, send us an email at info at oawcda.com. Amen. Praise God. Yes, be thankful. Be thankful.